Hey, everybody. Welcome to the We're Born for This podcast with Father John Ricardo, Mary Guilfoyle. We're a couple of missionaries at Acts 29, and this is the podcast where we talk about anything and everything having to do with transformation in the church. Happy New Year to Mary. Yeah, Happy New Year. Isn't that unbelievable? New Year in the church, right? New Year, Happy Advent, start of the new year. Happy belated Thanksgiving. Likewise, Father John, we have so much to be grateful for. We have so much to be grateful for. Right. We're kind of flying around here. We just had a we chance as a team to, to go to ourselves. The Chosen. So we saw that last week. If you guys haven't seen the first two episodes out in the theater, I didn't, I haven't gone to a movie since before COVID. No, it was my first time in the theater as I'm, well, I'm so Father. spoiled. Like I just like hitting pause, going to get something to drink, something yeah. to eat. Comfort of your own home. But seeing right? this on a big screen was amazing. Plus we met Atticus, which was pretty cool. He's from Metro Detroit area. So the Atticus plays the, uh, kind of the Roman spy. So it was kind of cool to spend a little time with him. He was so generous too, with his time and just kind of gave us some interesting insights yep. as to what's to come. And, uh, it was actually, remember father Johnny said he hadn't watched the finished episodes. So he was there watching with his family. I believe so. Right. Yep. So it was his first time to watch those episodes too. It's and just then right after that, remarkable. we we had Archbishop Sample in from the Archdiocese of Portland. He's got family here in the Metro Detroit area and he celebrated mass with us on Friday. So we're kind of geeking right now, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, God has been very Happy good Monday, to everybody. Us. So given yeah. that, what's our topic Yeah, today? so Father John, our title for today is, um, it's just a matter of time. Ooh, How about that this. to whet your appetite? Well, let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, gracious Father, we just thank you for these incredible days that we've entered into, the season of Advent, oftentimes a season that we don't know what to do with other than shop. So we just ask that you would... Be with us now in this conversation with all our brothers and sisters who are listening. Just spark within us great anticipation for that real day, which is just around the corner in the eternal mind when everything's going to be put back together, everything's going to be made new, and all is going to be well. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. In Amen. the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You know, I wonder if I can share, we, we've talked about this on a number of occasions in different contexts, although I don't think we've ever shared it on a podcast, but I don't remember who first came up with this image. I always thought it was Corey Ten Boom, but I don't think it is because I actually Googled it the other day. Who came up with the life is like a tapestry image? And there are so many people who've used this uh, illustration. But the idea is... Imagine going to like one of those beautiful art museums, you know, like the Detroit Institute of Arts and you walk in and at one point there's usually a hallway and the hallway's lined with these giant tapestries, you know, from the, from medieval times and they're, you know, 50 feet wide. And on the front of them is this beautiful image of, you know, could be people out hunting or maybe it's a, an image of a castle or some pastoral scene or maybe an, an image from scripture and, and the observations made, yeah, that's nice if you're looking at the tapestry, but if you were to walk behind the tapestry, you wouldn't see a beautiful image at all. You'd just see chaos. You'd see a bunch of strings hanging down with no apparent rhyme or reason. And this, the image goes on to say, that's what life is like. Life is like living on the back of the tapestry things rarely seem to make sense. We rarely seem to understand like 
what in the world is God doing? Like, how could you make anything good? Yeah. Any- and are you even there? Right. Right. And every uh, once in a while, we get a glimpse of the front of the tapestry. And, you know, we talk oftentimes in, in the work that we do, especially with media, that we, we want to we give people inspiration and hope, not optimism. We mentioned Archbishop Sample was here. We're talking about all sorts of things that are going on in the in our local churches and in, in the country and in the world. And it, there's not a lot of reason to be optimistic. Like it, it's gonna get pretty hard. It already it, it all so what it already is. Yeah. But that's to look at all of that realistically. Yeah. Like, so the the point is like optimism is one thing. Optimism is this. Well, it's just automatically going to get better. We're not no. optimistic, but man, are we hopeful because we know who Jesus is. Amen. We know what he's done. Amen. And so scripture of late, you know, those last couple of weeks leading into the beginning of Advent mm-hmm. and now in the season of Advent, it's offering us a glimpse of the other side of the tapestry. And so that's what we really just want to reflect on. It's just an encouragement for people right now to, to soak in the word of God. We might offer a couple of texts in particular and to just ask the Holy Spirit right now in the midst of all the chaos that's going on in our lives in the in the midst of all the chaos in the church or in the country or in the world, remind me, Lord, how it ends. Amen. And not just how it ends, but like what we're going to be doing for all of eternity. It ends victoriously, yeah. right? Uh, we all know that, but it but it's not a pleasant wait, right? It's it, we're we're in between the now and the not yet, right? And what we're living amidst right now are just a number of skirmishes that seem to be ticking up just a little bit, right? And they 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 feel like much more than skirmishes, don't they? They I mean right, they just they feel massive, like, and they may in fact be. Who knows? But. Again, what, what the no, Lord wants intense. to offer us right now is, hey, come with me. It's like, it's almost like the Lord's saying to us right now, come with me in my art gallery and let me show you how I'm going to wrap this up. I love that, Father John. So, you know, if I can, th- there's been three passages that have really hit me. Actually, it was just two days at Mass because two of the passages are combined together. Last Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, We've been, you know, we, we made our way through the book of Revelation. And if you, you know, Revelation's a, a challenging book to read. There's all sorts of imagery and whatnot. And people want to find this as the magic decoder ring for, you know, like, oh, the, the, the number of the beast is Hitler. Or, no, it's Biden. No, it's Trump. No, it's Nero. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever. It's giving us a, a heavenly perspective on worship and on the ultimate victory and what's coming. At a certain point, you know, the, the dragon, Satan, begins to emerge and the beast and, and this massive conflict is apparently coming between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of evil. And then all of a sudden on Friday, this is the beginning of the reading from Revelation 20. So you're anticipating, you know, like here we are, we're ramping up. It's going to be this it's gonna big be epic. Time. Yeah, it's like three-part grand finale. Right. And there's no grand finale. It's, it, this is what it says. I, John saw an angel come down from heaven, holding in his hand the key to the abyss and a heavy chain. Now, just pause right there. Not Michael, not Gabriel, not not any angel that we know. It's it's you're, just some unknown- generic run-of-the-mill Basic angel. angel. It's, it's almost like the Lord says, hey, Bob, come on over here. 
grab that chain, get that key. And then it goes on to say, he seized the dragon, the ancient serpent, which is the devil or Satan, and tied it up and threw it into the abyss. Like, this is the grand finale. So if you're watching this on a movie screen, right, you expect something a little bit more epic and massive and mighty. Yeah, I mean, like, if you got up and went to get some popcorn and you came back, it's over. And you'd be like, hey, what happened? That's how it happened? Yeah, some, like, Bob, the angel, like, grabbed the dragon, threw him into the pit. It's so anticlimactic. It's it's like the Lord's way of, the way I read this, it's, it's so humorous to me. It's like there is no great conflict between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of evil. There's no comparison. It's not a fair fight. They're not two rivals. There's just one God. Right. The enemy who's been on a leash has just been jerked back. Yeah, and That's thrown into about the pit. What it, that's, that's it. about what it's like. Yeah. But sometimes it doesn't feel like that. Well, it often never feels like that right, right. now going on. But that's that's the glimpse. Right. The Lord's yep. saying like, hey, let me just remind you, um, this is not the Avengers where we've got these, you know, gods going at it with each other. I'm Lord. No one else is. You're not. Relax. And then right after that comes that passage, you know, which um, the uh, the Passion of the Christ made so famous with that scene when Jesus grabs Mary's face on his way to Calvary and he says, behold, I make all things new. Like that's reality. Like the Lord is going to make all things new. And as Archbishop Sample said, when he was with us at mass, he's making all things new now. Yeah. Like in our time. Starting within us, right? Yeah. Starting within us. And then I I also think he gives us glimpses of how the Holy Spirit is making all things new. Um, Because the Holy Spirit um, doesn't make new things. He Mm. he makes the things that are already present, right? He he makes old things new. Oh, I love that. And and so we are renewed, as you said, Father John. Um, But especially like within our context, we have an opportunity to travel around uh, to different dioceses and and to be with, uh, you know, clergy and lay leaders. And we see how the spirit is making things new, even now. That's why I think we we have an opportunity to speak such hope and encouragement because we're seeing exactly what Archbishop talked about in his homily last week. And then we were sitting around talking just after mass with him, you know, casually. And he was, he was just saying, you know, we just need to get back to basics. And he was sharing that he often, he often reads that excerpt that we use often from, from Christendom to apostolic mission, which if you haven't gotten that book, please pick that up. It's just a fantastic extended essay. And there's this little section in there where it's talking about the, so one of the first keys for us to live well right now is to make sure that we have the attitude of the apostles. And so there's this kind of humorous section where it's, it talks about, imagine the first evangelization committee meeting, right? So here's the apostles sitting around. They don't even have the successor to Judas yet. They're like, okay, what's the agenda? Bring salvation to the world. Okay, great. Let's look at all our resources. Right. Well, the resources are puny as all get out. Slim and none. Right? right? They got 11 Except guys. 12 men. Or 11 no, still. they got 11. They didn't, they haven't. Right. They haven't even picked Judas's Judas. successor. So they got 11 guys, same number of bishops, same number of priests, no deacons, never heard of a seminary or a seminary, and they got almost no money. The society's attitude towards them is ignorant to hostile. Nobody's got experience in missions, and these guys aren't discouraged. They're filled with hope. Amen. And and he was using that just as a way of saying the first thing that we need to make sure is we have that attitude. 
and, and we, we can't agree with that strongly enough. We need to regain the attitude of the apostles. The Holy Spirit's the one that does that. And, and just to your point earlier, Mary, that, that's, what, that's one of those things. He doesn't make new things. He takes us who are so often discouraged, frustrated, angry, broken, and he fills us anew with hope. He recreates us, yeah. right? Yeah. I love that. So l- let me just, if, if I can, let me just linger with this, this second passage, which has been, you know, we, we spoke about this in the office when we had it at Mass a couple of weeks ago now. It's the passage in Revelation 15. So you, you might want to just pull out your Bible when you get a chance. If you're sitting at home and you can do that now, do it now. But if you, if you can't, do it later and just linger with this and then linger with the image that we're going to share with you. So you want to just read Revelation 15, 1 to 4, it's just so people can have it in their minds. Sure, and I'll, I'll, I'll maybe share an image that the Lord's given us. All right. So then I saw another sign in heaven, great and wonderful, seven angels with seven plagues, which are the last, for with them the wrath of God is ended. And I saw what happened to be a sea of glass mingled with fire and those who had conquered the beast and its image and the number of its name standing beside the sea of glass with harps of God in their hands. And they sang the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb saying, Great and wonderful are your deeds, O Lord God the Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the Ages. Who shall not fear and glorify your name, O Lord? For you alone are holy. All nations shall come and worship you, for your judgments have been revealed. Thanks. Let's just linger with this for a moment. So so this is a glimpse from heaven to us of how it ends. And it's using imagery, which if we're familiar with the Old Testament, should immediately come to mind. So they're standing on a shore, uh, as it were, and suddenly now the sea is very calm. And so the sea in the Old Testament is oftentimes thought to be like the abode of evil because it's tumultuous and people die there and storms come up. And suddenly it's just tranquil as I'll get out. It's been calmed. It's God's creature. And so evil's already being defeated and, and the saints are standing next to the sea and it says they're singing the song of Moses. So there's three songs of Moses right. in the Old Testament. One's in Psalm 90, which is, uh, you know, teach us to number our days right. That's probably not what they're singing right now because they already know that the number of days are, are, you know, appropriately understood. The second song is in Deuteronomy 32, which is a warning to Israel. That's probably not what they're singing either. The third song of Moses is Exodus 15. It's got to be this. That's got to be what they're singing. And, and so Exodus 15 is the scene right after the Israelites have gone through the Red Sea. So this is the glimpse of the other side that the Lord's offering us right now. So remember this. This is, this is the people of Israel who are foreshadowing the church. They've been in slavery for 400 plus years to the king of Egypt, who is an image of Satan. Egypt is an image of hell, right? Their slavery is an image of the slavery to sin and to death. And God rescues them from slavery. 
And then it, it appears as though God can't come through. Like he's rescued them, but all of a sudden the king of Egypt says, what in the world have we done? Right. Go after them. And so they go after them and it looks like they pin them at the Red Sea. But in fact, what God is doing is God is luring the king of Egypt and his army into a battle so that he can defeat them utterly. And that's what Jesus did on the cross. I was going to say, it's a hint of what our Lord did. Absolutely. Right? So sure enough, the, the, you know, the, the Israelites complain, right? Obviously, like the most powerful army in the, in the world is behind us. And in front of us is a body of water. Right. Moses you know, splits the sea. The Israelites walk through. The Egyptians follow them. And then as the Israelites get through to the other side, the water comes back together. They drown. They wash up on the, so on the shore. And that's what provokes the singing. That's the image that the Lord is offering to us right now in the midst of all those demons, situations, circumstances, events that chase us repeatedly in life. It's like the Lord says, can you imagine what it's going to be like, Mary? Can you imagine, John, what it's going to be like when one day you see all those things which have chased you your whole life long, memories, habits, whatever, washed up on the shore and you're never going to be harassed again and you're going to enter into perfect happiness. Can you imagine what that's like? And I go, no, <laughs> I, I, I actually can't, right? What could be the proper response other than busting into song and dance? I don't dance, but man, <laughs> I would be dancing that day. I will be oh. dancing that day when we see what's waiting for us on the other side. This too will be us. Amen. This, this is a glimpse of the other side of the tapestry. Some of those people that, that you love, some, your dad, please God, my mom and dad, please God, my brother, Mary Delpup, so many friends and family that we have, have already experienced this. And one day for real, you and I are going to experience this too. We're going to see death washed up on the shore. We're going to see sin washed up on the shore. We're going to see the enemy washed up on the shore. And I don't know what I'm going to be doing because I live most of my life worried about things in this life and there's nothing to worry about in the right. life to come. Or battling, you know, just, just battling the spiritual battle, you know, just fighting on. I'm thinking about the, I don't know if it was your, I don't know if it's something that your father uh, shared with you um, after he passed away as you know, as you were praying about him and, um, but I thought I remember you saying something like him telling you, just hang on. It's so worth it's it. so worth it. That's it's exactly it, what I heard my dad say. You know, say. it's just so worth it. And you even hear um, Jesus and the chosen kind of start to share out with uh, one particular apostle. I don't want, I, I don't want to give away a, just a beautiful scene, but, but just to look for, um, if you are following the chosen in season three, in one of the opening episodes, just this word of hope for this ultimate healing that will be ours one day. And it was just communicated so beautifully, um, from, uh, from, from Jesus to his brethren 
um, just to more or less say what your dad said, hang on one day, right? right? All will be well, all will be healed. And it's a promise. And that's the promise of God. God does not lie. He is faithful to his promises. And we know from our perspective, we know how this ends. We just have to fight on and grab a hold of hope. Exactly. Without giving away the details of the scene, this is the line and hence the title of this episode. You're going to be healed. It's just a matter of time. That's a promise from Jesus to you and me. And I know, Father John, that speaks to you. And it speaks to me, and I know that speaks to every one of our friends who are listening right now, because we all are struggling with something. We're all struggling with stuff. And maybe what we do is we just put that on like a, a card or a sticky note and put it in your scriptures or put it in your Magnificat or wherever you pray and just write those words so you can see them every single day. It's just a matter of time. Hear that again, people. No matter what's going on in your life right now, no matter what the struggle is, no matter what the source of frustration is, whatever temptation continues to plague you, whatever illness you have, hear Jesus say to you, I make even now and one day forever all things new and you're going to be well. That's my promise. It's just a matter of time. So hang in, people of God. Take a look at the other side of the tapestry right now. And remember, God is with you, and you were born for this. 